0: Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 30.
1: So Brooke, I love the topic we're going to talk about today and that topic is learning. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so I was one, <laughs> you know, normally I take a bit longer to introduce <laughs> the topic than that, but hey, let's just get straight to it. <laughs> um, so I was one of those kids who, you know, loved school. I missed about five days of school in my whole life um, because I was just massive, massive sponge that loved learning, who loved learning. Um, interestingly, though, I don't like learning other than school, which I loved, but then I also didn't know anything else other than school. Um, I don't like learning in an institution. So I kind of didn't love uni. Uni was a means to an end. And now these days I kind of look at people and they're like, they're going back to uni to do this or that. And I think, oh my God, like I could never do that. So I I guess that's what we're going to talk about today is like, how do you keep learning, like what's what our preferred methods of learning are and extending our knowledge about things that are interesting to us over time. So kind of where are you on the whole learning thing? Did you Super, love
0: school? Uh, look, I loved primary school. <laughs> I loved primary school, I think, <laughs> except for year six. Um, and I, I did well at school. Yeah. I, I my way of learning and my way of expressing myself seemed to fit the box of school. Yeah. So I never really had this is such a arrogant thing to say. Like I never had to try very hard at school. I just had was born with a set of skills that allowed me to do well at school without actually trying, which
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's an acknowledgement that I've uh, when we know this so much better now than we did in the past that certain ways of thinking like either school works for you or doesn't. The way that things are taught at school and that learning environment, either it works for you and it doesn't. And certainly like, yeah, I'm the same as you. School worked. That learning environment worked really well for me as a kid. It wasn't
0: hard for me. And I know there were heaps of other kids whose experience was the exact opposite. Uh, It it was hard for them because they weren't taught in a way that resonated with them. And I I, I think you're right. I think schools are slowly 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 or if not schools probably individual teachers more yeah Uh, and it's a generational thing I believe uh coming through who understand that each child learns in a different way and they you know they they bloom in different environments and different with different learning approaches and and things like that and um like I think it's a huge issue that our schools are facing, uh, just to get more general for a second, Mm. that there are a whole range of kids who aren't receiving the kind of educational tools that work for them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. We're we're sort of expected to fit the tools rather than the tools fit the kids, which is just us backwards. But, um, you know, I do think that there is slowly becoming a you know more awareness of the fact that not everyone's going to fit that particular box so why don't we make the box a different shape or a different size or take the box outside and you know let people do things that that fit better for them but um so all that to say that at school I was just fortunate that I fit in the box uh, which strangely enough didn't set me up very well for uni
1: Oh, I think that might have been yeah, my problem too, because school was, you know, so ordered, I guess, in how you learn. Like, you know, yeah. you learn something, and then two weeks later, you'd have a test, and then you learn something else, and two weeks later. So I was always having to, like, you know, I'd study for the tests, and then I'd do well in the tests, and then I'd do well in exams, because I'd study for the tests. Um, and then. Yeah, I, know, I wouldn't say I struggled at uni, but I really lost interest. At, I think, of course, because I'm an achievement-oriented person, so I wanted to get 100% in tests, whereas then at uni, like, no one cared. That's
0: not how it works, really.
1: Yeah, and there, was, and there wasn't the same accountability, I guess, um, at uni as well. It was kind of like, certainly, I did um, human movement and exercise science, so it was almost like we learnt for a whole semester and then we just had an exam at the end of the semester and there's no tests, there's no, barely any assignments. And so I got to the end and I was like, oh, I've got to learn, I mean, I've got to remember two semesters worth of stuff in for for one day, which I did and then promptly forgot it all. Yeah.
0: I, for but, me it was, I had a decent sort of mid midterm memory so I could write things down once, remember them for a few weeks until I needed them blurt them out on the page and then forget about them, you know. So I didn't have to think very critically. So it wasn't until like maybe my last year of school where I did, you know, extended English because that was the one area that I I really did love. I always loved writing. I loved language. Uh, And in that final year I struggled to think critically about the text that we were studying because I just didn't have the practice, you know. And I think that was probably the thing that – that I struggled with the most at university because, I, I mean, I went – I studied communications and media uh, but really what I was interested in was film and video production and there was only limited sort of subjects that I could take at my uni on those things. But when I was there, that was – like I was all in. You know, that was all I wanted to focus on. I was like, hungry for information. Everything else like, – yeah, 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 I'll, like, jot out this essay, I'll stay up until 4 o'clock in the morning and do it because I wasn't engaged with it. Yeah. So I find it really interesting now that I'm well past, you know, my first run at uni. I would, if, if, if I, like, had... A desire to do work that required further qualifications like official qualifications then I would happily go back to uni because now I have those skills which I think is really interesting because I it, it wasn't until I was way past university that I actually really came to expand those critical thinking skills yeah and now I love learning as long as it's something that I'm interested in which is you know I guess that's that's how it's supposed to be but yeah so all that to say I, yeah, I really enjoy learning things now.
1: What's I, your favourite, like what's your preferred method? Do you have a preferred method of learning? I still like to read, yeah,
0: and write yeah. in order to learn. Yeah. Right, the writing part is actually really important for me. Um, mm-hmm. I take things in and then I, it somehow gets solidified in my brain when I write. Uh it's funny, yeah. you know, everyone's all about like uh, podcasting of course I, I take the information in differently, but it's not it's yes. not usual that then I'll go and sit down and write about it. It's just like I listen to it, I, I process it in a different kind of way. Some of it sticks, but it doesn't stick verbatim. You know, I don't quote things word for word that I heard in a podcast, yeah. but I will quote things word for word that I read in a book. And everyone's all about videos for learning. And I, I know. tell you the last time <laughs> I watched a video to learn something, unless it was like a you know tutorial showing me how to do something very like physical and specific but i wouldn't sit down and watch a a video to learn
1: Like i can't watch video i don't know what it is i know video is the biggest thing on the planet at the moment but sitting and watching somebody talk to me uh i just can't do it i think it's yeah i'm way too um self-paced like i just need to be able to take that Informa- I don't want to sit down and look uh, look at someone. I think it does kind of take me back to my uni days where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to sit and watch you talk to me about this. Just give it to me in the most efficient way possible, yeah. which for me is reading. Like I love learning to read by reading. But you know what I love about being an adult the most is that so we get to read widely Um, But then what I've – and this is kind of my favorite way of learning is I – so if there's somebody who like their words or their thoughts really, really resonate with me and I just think I just – I want more access to this person's brain – I can get access to that person's brain now. Mm -hmm. Like so whether I pay to do a course with them or whether I go to a conference that they're speaking at or whether I just quite often in my life, my adult life, like I've reached out to people and said, look, I just want to talk to you for an hour. What will it cost me? Yeah. Basically. And I've I've lost count of, first of all, the number of people who I've talked to for an hour and also lost count of how much money I've paid for those (laughs) times. But honestly, that is far and away the m- most useful learning that I've done. Mm. So it's kind of like ident- you got to identify that person because you have, and so, which means you've usually read a lot of their stuff already, either their books or their blog posts, um, articles, and stuff. So you know, generally speaking, how they <clears throat> how they think, and then you say, "Can I?" have a one-on-one with you and then you get to have their brain applied to your personal situation. And I find, I have always found that is the most awesome and incredible. It just adds like, you know, see the it's like the cake, you know, all the stuff that they put out there for free on the internet, blah, blah, blah is like a great cake and it's really tasty. But my God, the icing on the top is when you get to like literally pick their brains. And also pay to pick their brains so you don't feel bad that I, I would I can't think of too many times in my life where I've said hey will you meet me with coffee for coffee so I can just get access to your brain like I've, I've never been able to do that I think because so many people have done it to me yes. um but, <laughs> but um and you know I, I know I don't want to ever do that to a person even if they would be perfectly happy for me to do it um but yeah that to me Is the most exciting thing about being an adult is being able to go. I love your brain, and I have the means to pay Mm -hmm. for access to it. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something there. Like that, there's a lot to that. I'm just thinking about ways that I could apply that this idea of learning and how I learn to things that aren't like business or work related. Gardening, for example. Like I'm, I I love gardening, and just recently. (laughs) I was telling Kelly over there. We just recently put in a couple of massive veggie beds with like five ton of compost and stuff that we had to move on the weekend. Um, but I, so I, I, a couple of years ago I put in veggie beds in our backyard and for 2 years tried to work them so that they would actually grow things and it turns out we just have way too many big trees in in and around our backyard so they would just suck all the moisture and the food and the nutrients and stuff out of the soil and we'd just get these really pretty looking veggie beds that are just full of tree roots and oh. so frustrating but all that to say, I, like for two years, would read Organic Gardener magazine and I would read <laughs> veggie gardening books. Like seriously, that was my that was my bedtime reading. Yeah. And I was just this sponge learning all these things about growing vegetables when really to sit down with, you know, an expert or someone who, yeah. who designs gardens or something for an hour would have... <laughs> Saved me so much angst because they'd be like, "Dude, you have way too many trees around here. What you need is some rain yes. <laughs> and <laughs> no tree roots." Um, yeah, so I think there's, that's that's really true, actually. And I think that takes learning from a passive thing to an active thing and a proactive thing. Which
1: yeah, I, think I mean, I... is
0: something as you say that as adults we can do, but so often I don't think to do that. Like I'm sure I could have called someone or emailed someone and gone, "Hey, you know, can I?" can I pay for your time and you can consult with me about my garden that's failing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, can I get you out here for an hour? And, too, I just think we don't think outside the box. Exactly, like, Because I'll tell people, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've paid for, a lot of people I've paid to have access to, um, nothing to do with business or nothing, it's just something, yeah, I, I have done exactly something like that where I've gone, well, you've got this situation out the back and I don't know. Yeah, I've done some research. I am big on research, so I've got no dramas doing that. But I've researched and researched, and I am still not sure what to do. Wouldn't it be better to just have someone come out and just mm. tell me? Um, and people might go, "Oh, it's all good for you because you know you can afford to pay for that." But like the kind of the way that I afford to pay for that is I don't buy other stuff. Like you know, say so I don't buy. And this is not a judgment on anybody. Like everybody, just spend your money the way that you want to spend it. But it's not like I'm rich and I can spend. I can pay to talk to whoever I want to. Like it's it's always a really big judgment call. Actually, like okay, yeah, you're actively
0: choosing to put resources into one thing and not another.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's it. And so, when so say someone, it's like three hundred dollars to talk to me. Then I go okay. Well, um, I'm going to yeah, you know, and it's going to be about book. You know, book stuff, then I'll go, right, well, I will take that out of my, I have a little book earnings account. So I kind of use that to finance book stuff. And then, you know, if I get someone to come out and tell me why this plant just keeps dying and why nothing will grow in this particular part of the garden, like that will come out of the household budget. But, you know, it might mean we don't go out for dinner next week, you know. So I think people just have to get creative with how like, I think what I think most people will do is they'd go, I I can't justify spending money on that thing, mm-hmm. but I I'm just a really big fan of spending investing money in learning,
0: yeah,
1: um and in expanding, it's it's I just don't think money, you can waste money on learning I, as long as you're going to do something with that learning. And I guess that's one big thing I see. I do see a lot of people doing is there's a lot of courses and stuff out there that are promising the magic bullet to X and Y and this is the answer to all your problems. And I do see people buying course after course after course after course.
0: Because I think that feels like you and I've done that myself too, that yes, feels like same. you're doing something. You know, I've bought a book about something because I thought that I'd be interested in it and I've read the book and I've gotten inspired but I haven't actually done anything with what I've learned. Yes. That, look, it's fine because if you're just stoking the interests in your brain and you know, the fire of your interest in your brain fine that's that's fine, but I think it's um that, as you say, when you're looking to hand over quite a chunk of money in order to learn something, you'd want to know that this is something you're going to act upon i guess
1: yeah that and that's it, and what I yeah so I'm judicious about uh, I might have access to somebody. But I might choose to not pay for that access right now because I know I can't do anything with what they're gonna tell me. So I recently um I recently joined up a business masterminding kind of community. Like I've known about that community for ages. I've had the means to join it for ages, but I haven't joined it till really, really recently because I haven't been in a position to do anything with anything that I've taken away from that community and the access to the people I have access to in there until now Mm. so I think we just yeah let be that's the other thing It's kind of like let's be judicious about okay if you're going to spend loads of money on something do it with the know that you've got the time and energy to do the stuff that you're learning because I do think that that's something that can then become a barrier like something good might present itself but you might go oh I spent $100 on this and $200 on that and $30 on that and I still haven't done anything with those things so I'm not going to, I won't do this thing yet until I've done those things.
0: So I guess that raises like the the issue that there's really, we're t- kind of talking about two separate things here too because you can be someone who just loves learning for the sake of learning. Like you don't need to yeah. w- want to do anything with what you're learning. You just, you, you love learning things. And then there's learning, uh, you know, for a purpose. So for example, in your in your work, you need to learn how to um, you know, code a website or whatever. At that point in time, do mm-hmm. I need to know it right now? Yes, then go and learn about it, you know what I mean, and go deep on yeah. things as you need to know them rather than go deep on things when you don't either have the time or the resources available to you. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, we're kind of talking about two two sides of the learning coin I guess like I, yeah. I love learning about things just for the sake of learning about them and that's yes. that's a different a different thing and then there's learning things yeah with a purpose
1: yeah absolutely oh yeah I agree with you because uh, this conversation has not gone where I thought it was gonna go <laughs> <laughs> and, where, where, but um yeah because I guess I just had to throw that one in about like yeah if there is something that you do you want to some, if you ever catch yourself going, gee, some expert advice to be really handy in this situation. Give yourself permission to go get it. Yeah. If is what I'm saying, because yeah, like yeah. we can read. Oh no, I agree I, with you. Yeah, because I know. I mean, I've read blog, you know, billions and billions of blog posts. Like, I, I remember um, when Mia was born, and I, I had had time basically. I I'd taken three three months off work. So if she was feeding or if she was sleeping on me, um, I was on my phone and I, I kind of said I was trying to read the whole internet at that time. So and I love just consuming and taking on all that information. But do you ever get to the point where you're like, I just need to stop learning for a little while. All
0: the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. <laughs> I, I find myself now, I, and I think going back to our episode on books as well, that's why at the moment I'm uh, actually, at the moment that's not entirely true, I'm rereading Stephen King's On Writing book, but I just love that
1: book. Oh, I read that the other day because you told me to write, well, because you said to write. I, I've read about five books that you recommended from that episode. That was such a good episode. we we'll have Did to do another one. you on love Writing? I really did.
0: Yeah, oh, I did. I absolutely love it. It's it's yeah. probably one of my favourite books. Um, but typically at the moment I'm just in a reading fiction um, phase. and <laughs> I think that phase yeah. has gone on for quite some time. <laughs> because <laughs> I went through a really, a very intense period of learning as well. So sometimes, like I don't, at the moment I'm not searching out blogs um, about specific topics that I want to learn on I'm just in a very generalist kind of phase so I'm in my like my off cycle I guess but I absolutely go through periods of um, really intense digging deep on a on a topic because I want to learn about it or I need to learn about it and then times like now where I'm just happy sort of floating along in the sea of information rather than trying to drink it all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely find um, when my when my kind of search for information or when what I'm consuming starts to take on an air of desperation, mm-hmm. um, which it does often. Um, I know that that means I'm scra- I'm looking for a magic bullet. I'm looking for an answer,
0: right?
1: Um, and so I so I kind of always catch myself in these situations and I kind of force myself to just take a step back and look at what I'm kind of clicking through to read and if I'm clicking through to read something hoping it contains the answer I kind of don't let myself right because what it is yeah is I find myself like you know so I read these things and I read them and then I get really overwhelmed and upset because I'm like I'm not gonna do this thing (laughs) I will never be able to help myself (laughs) you know so yeah it's really interesting and that's and interestingly that's when I kind of go I just need to go and get like myself a really great sci-fi trilogy or fantasy trilogy and just bury myself in that for for a couple of weeks just to break this cycle that I've yeah that I've kind of found myself in because I'm like you like I'm a I'm a generalist. I'm a bit of an information junkie, which is why this um, Carly and I in um, another – Carly and I – sorry. I have another podcast on Brooks wonderful network, jackrabbit.fm, which is called Straight and Curly with Carly Jacobs. And um, so that one's uh, for self-improvement junkies. And so what we did a digital detox a couple of months ago now where for the whole weekend, it wasn't like just no phone. It was like no internet. And – I had no dramas having no phone or no social media, but I had a really massive drama with being cut off from the internet because I was basically cut off from information. And, um, I, and yeah, that was out of everything. I really struggled with, like, a, a question would pop into my head and I'd be like, oh, I can answer that question. I don't have to wait till I can ask someone or I don't have to go to the library and look it up or get an encyclopedia out. Like, I can... I can answer this question right now. And, um, yeah, I got really frustrated not being able to get access to that information. Like don't ever drop me in a jungle because I'll be really upset because I need to be able to Google, like, what's the length of the uh, Nile River
0: yeah right okay so you would be having conversation with someone or having just thinking uh you know about something and you will have a question and you you will immediately go and find the answer is that how is that how you learn like just like generalist kind of stuff
1: yeah and I've always been like one of those real general knowledge kind of junkie people like you know oh what were those there's kind of like these kids' books, these kids, almost these kid encyclopedia things when I was a kid that I like read cover to cover and it was everything like nature, science, planets, um, you know, sports. Like I just And I read those things to death because I just loved knowing something about everything. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so and I think that's another thing that I just love about this world that we live in now, that the second something pops in my head where I go, I wonder, I don't have to wonder. Right. And I don't wonder, I just go find out. Like if and I talk, and, and so much so now that if Jaden asks me a question and I go, I'm not too sure, he goes, Google it, mum. I'm like And I'm like Yeah. Let's Google it. And it's yeah, I just love it. I, I love because I guess um I used to get all, all my learning from books. Mm. Um, and I love that nowadays. I think the other thing that I love about this world um, that we live in now is how the the opportunity that we have to learn from other people, right? You know, beyond our our circle. So if you just think about your immediate circle of people, like if I only ever talked to my family, like I would think in a very certain way. Yes. Um, and having access to blogs and Twitter and you know and I know these things can be a little bit of confirmation bias type things where you just tend to read things that fit with your worldview but um I think about say feminism back in the day I was one of those people that went I'm not a feminist Mm. um I don't I don't identify with that word um and then, but, you know, over the last few years of reading up, you know, first of all, having it pointed out to me when I said I'm not a feminist and they're like, but do you believe in between men and women? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you're a feminist. <laughs> That's the definition of it. It's, you know, feminist is not about hating men or blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I would also be like those, oh, okay. All right, then I'm a feminist, but all those feminists are like, they just need to learn how to take a joke or they just need to chill out a bit or and then over time I've kind of come I've become much more on board with the feminist movement because I've learned so much more about yeah. it from, from people who write in in that movement yeah. um and I've really, really changed my thinking and my worldview about that particular topic and you know and there's countless topics like that where I've just become so much better informed as a person. Yeah, Which I feel like this?
0: my yeah. world is much more open than it may have otherwise been. Uh, in much the same way uh, as you've just described, you know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. You're, if you're if you're if you want to be, you're able to tap into a huge range of opinions and worldviews. Uh, and if you again want to be, <laughs> you, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can take that information on and you know use it to expand your own understanding of the world and your own sort of way of viewing it as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting take on the whole idea of learning. Like it's yeah.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, I have an yeah, I have a completely unsupported theory, but I feel like this generation coming through now, so this social media generation, I reckon because of their access to social media, I reckon they're probably the most enlightened generation yet, so I feel like your, gen- yeah, your generation, our generation, like we've kind of come almost to you know a more, I guess, socially aware way of being as adults, mm. whereas I reckon these the teenagers and the I guess, are they is that millennials? Is that what they are? I think so. Yeah. Know, yeah, um, I reckon. <laughs> I'm not being cruel. I know you don't. Like them. <laughs> these kids who are coming through now, kids, the kids of today, um, yeah, I reckon they are far, and it's it's kind of the reason I think so. It's it's kind of being reflected in kind of who they're voting for, say in the US, and who they're voting for in the UK, and certainly who they're voting for here. Like we're about to have an election in Australia, and. Um, yeah, the kids who have just kind of turned 18 and are voting for the first time. Like when I first took interest in politics and I wanted some guidance about, well, I want to become better informed. Who should I vote for? Like I went, I only had the newspapers. And that's, you know, and I quickly realised that, oh, okay, depending on which newspaper you read, (laughs) That's who you are going to vote for, um, and so I think, like, it's so amazing these days that people have access to beyond the newspapers, beyond the effectively the propaganda that sorry newspapers that they serve up. Yeah, um, and I think, yeah, I think that's so exciting for these guys coming through now. Is that they're so much better informed than we are? Like, yes, you do have to learn how to process information. more discerningly I guess and I guess that does come with age but at least you're being given a much wider story or a much wider narrative than you would be if you only ever read newspapers or watched commercial television Mm -hmm. so um yeah I think it's Ultimately, I just think it's a great time to be alive if you like learning.
0: <laughs> it's well, absolutely. Like it's literally endless. <laughs> the <laughs> amount of things that you could learn is literally. And I think, I mean, I think you're right, but I also think that it's um, it, it's all down to a willingness and an openness to to learn as well in order to yeah. take in, subject matter that you might not have otherwise thought to or you know a perspective that you might not have ever been exposed to before like not everyone's going to come at a topic and go i want to hear what the other side has to say and then be open to what they're saying i mean i think that in itself is a learned thing too and you know, probably what we'll to kind of take a full circle what we we're talking about at the beginning which is that that skill of critical thought as well yes. and not just either regurgitating what we've heard or accepting what we hear as fact and going, okay, well, that's how it is, you know. I think that in itself is a learnt, uh, a learnt skill as well.
1: Oh, And I've actually, I've often thought that critical thinking kind of needs to be a subject mm. at school. Like, when, I mean, I did a science degree so I through a science degree, you kind of learn your, a fundamental basis of any science degree is processing information and and I guess um, interrogating information that's presented to you and asking what the basis for that information is. But, um, yes, yeah, certainly I kind of look at people around me or I look at the things that people say on the internet and I kind of go, ah, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> not because you're right or wrong. It's more because you they lack the ability to critically assess the information that's being provided to them. So they just blindly, like, I don't know, I, I'm someone that kind of blindly accepts nothing. Mm. Um, so I do look at people who kind of blindly accept everything and kind of go, come on, you got to look at this information that's being provided to you and just, like, Look at it a little bit more, um, yeah. Just interrogate that information a little bit more, rather than just going, "Yeah, okay, mm. I'll take that on board." Yeah, that's
0: something that I absolutely had to learn. Like I was the I, and I'm talking about when I was younger. But I was a like a yeah, okay kind of person. Like I, I wasn't a born skeptic. Um, yeah. So that to me was absolutely a, like a learnt kind of behaviour and a you know a skill that I had to to build and strengthen. And I'm like I'm really glad I did. But uh, yep. yeah, yeah. So I think I mean I think you're right. I think that in learning and an active learning rather than a passive kind of rote learning, it's absolutely essential that we kind of just stop and and pay attention to what we're taking in, if that makes sense as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess like, I mean, I guess this might be a good way to wrap it up is around like what we can do to help our kids Mm -hmm. be better learners um, and I guess be better better critical thinking because do you reckon that critical learning to think critically is a really key fundamental aspect of learning effectively
0: oh absolutely yeah, and learning and retaining as well. Yeah, just learning and being able to regurgitate something for a couple of weeks until you have your test, and then you can forget. And it's it gone. <laughs> yeah, which was how that was that was me for quite a, quite a long. Yeah,
1: time. I was the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's it's really important, and it's I mean it's not an easy thing to kind of try and teach, particularly your kids, but I think encouraging encouraging them to question is really important because I don't feel like as a generation we were necessarily encouraged to question things. We were just yeah. expected to take what was taught and accept it. You know, a certain level of questioning was okay, but anything beyond that and you are being a nuisance. So I think yes. for me it's it's just flipping things and encouraging our kids to ask questions and letting those questions run their course rather than kind of Coming up cutting them off at the knees exactly you know or, or coming at them as if you know they're being a nuisance or if you know coming at it from a, a place of impatience I think you know don't get me wrong when a kid asks yeah. why <laughs> seventy seven yeah. times in a row it can get a little bit frustrating but you know understanding that that's them developing those sort of skills has helped me as well
1: yeah absolutely and i um I really love that and that's the thing it like I'm I won't try to paint myself as the greatest mother in the world. I'm a really impatient person but I, kind of what I save up my reserves of patience for is my kids asking questions and I do, especially like my son is a big one for this. He he can't be fobbed off um, with a half-assed answer <laughs> which is a good thing because that yeah. has taught me to be, to really um, honour the question that he's asking and give him a considered response because I completely agree with you. I feel like our generation, we were we were the BC not heard kind of generation and, you know, well, I mean my parents fine, I'm sure. I think maybe that I was also a reader, so I just went and got my information from books. Um I also had four younger brothers and sisters, so I'm sure my parents didn't have time to answer my questions. <laughs> um but yeah, I never want my kids to feel like they can't ask me a question, and I never want them to feel like their questions are a nuisance. Um, and I do want them to be inquisitive and to challenge something or to go okay because um, it's so interesting the conversations I have with Jaden because he'll ask me a question, I'll give me, I'll give him, I'll answer that question quite literally, but then he'll always go, oh okay, so, da da da, and then the next question comes and um. Just the most interesting stuff and comes out of that and also it teaches me to be a much better communicator but it also teaches me to be very considered in what I say to him because I'm very aware that, okay, he's actually fully processing this answer of mine so I can't give him a, you know, those throwaway comments like, you know, um, oh, my teacher was, yeah, I wonder why my teacher was so grumpy today, and like in the past, I was like, I would just say, say something stupid, like, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe she got a period. Like, you know, I wouldn't say that to a six-year-old, but you know, this is the kind of stuff that, yeah, yeah, just like our an, parents an, would probably have said to us.
0: Just a, not a considered response at all, like, and it's not yeah. meant. It's not done in a in a negative way on purpose, but it's just like a let me just get these words out of my mouth in response to you <laughs> as quick as possible, yeah. yeah.
1: That's it. So, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying that aspect of being a parent is teaching my kids to, yeah, to ask questions, to question things. I never want them to just take something I tell them on face value. I I'm happy for them to challenge me and ask me even if it gets tiring because, yeah, I want to raise kids that are willing to question the world and not just... Yeah, learn things by right.
0: To Feel comfortable doing that too. I think is the key because I mean, you look at yeah. you look at what we admire in in adults, in people who change the world or, or make questions. Mm, yeah. and they are people who challenge the status quo. They are people who aren't afraid to say, "Hang on, let's look at this a little bit more closely," or "Let's question why this is happening." Yet with kids, so often we um, you know we we don't encourage those same behaviours because they're hard. kids ask questions that I don't have answers to (laughs) and that's not comfortable you know for an adult to to say well actually kiddo I don't know but what we can do and what I'm learning to do and continue to try and do more is, is say but let's find out you know and and that encourages them to continue asking rather than discouraging
1: definitely and I think that that is what then makes them really engaged really considered Lifelong learners, and I I think that's what we want, right?
0: Exactly. Talked it around to a beautiful, perfect circle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter, and on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery, and on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag letitbepod or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm, and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. Finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.